Shea butter and popcorn. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Sit back, relax, and listen. Fridays gonna have you listening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea butter and popcorn. Now live. Welcome to Shea Butter and Popcorn. Season 3, Episode 11. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the all-inclusive podcast giving you the exclusive. This podcast focuses on reviewing our favorite films. My name is Chelsea, a.k.a. Chels, singer, actor, writer, podcaster, and all-around movie lover. And it's Tajiana here, actress, filmmaker, teaching artist from the Bay Area, lover of Black stories, Black narratives, Black everything. Welcome or welcome back, y'all. Hey, everybody. Well, this week, we are all about what's hot and what is definitely not. We are okay. talking about Watch Your Swap. Yes. Y'all like that? It was, it, was, it was a joke last year, and then I was like, no. This, it was. Chelsea was like, we're continuing this. She's like, okay. <laughs> For sure. It's going to be amazing. So the thing with Watch Your Swap, uh, in reference to that uh, last season, Taj was like, okay, I'll watch this one. I want to swatch this one out for something else. Swatch, like a swatch, like a watch, a wristwatch. So it was so funny. So we brought this back and we're going to tell you what movies that we'd rather watch and movies that, you know, we had to skip out on because they were just, they were not it. They were not it. <laughs> it wasn't hitting. It really wasn't, you know, but it is what it is. It happens. So uh, let's get into some movies, mine and shows, movies and shows. Um, mine are actually all available on Netflix. So this week, um, the ones I'm going to be talking about, it's easily accessible on just the one streaming platform, which is really exciting. First up is a TV show that I binge watched in one day, just like I did with Emily in Paris. <laughs> I did. It She's is. a binger, y'all. I'm a binger sometimes. It happens to the best of us, so it's fine. Um, I'm talking about Hollywood. It came out in May, May 1st of 2020, and it got a 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it wasn't super popular with the masses, although 92% of Google users rated this movie and they liked it. So, you know, it depends on who you go to for references. Um, So this series, it received mixed reviews from critics. The critics praised the acting and the production value, but they criticized the execution of it. So, you know, like, in theory, they're like, this is great, execution, not so much. Um, either way, the series received 12 Emmy nominations. So somebody won, you know, pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> more uh, details about Hollywood. It's a Ryan Murphy campy retelling of the golden age of Hollywood. And it was equally entertaining, surprising, and laugh out loud funny, okay? This series centers around up-and-coming actors navigating Hollywood and the seeds planted in media that makes it what it is today, you know? Um, It stars David Corrin Sweet as Jack Castello, a World War II veteran who moves to Hollywood in hopes of becoming an actor. Darren Chris from Glee as Raymond Ainsley, a half-Filipino aspiring film director hoping to break boundaries in Hollywood, get some diversity there, and he's also Camille's boyfriend. Laura Harrier from Spider-Man <laughs> Homecoming <laughs> is playing Camille Washington, an up-and-coming Black actress facing prejudice because of her race. And she's also Raymond's girlfriend. Joe Mantello as Richard 
Dick Samuels, a studio executive at Ace Studios, who is a closeted gay man. Dylan McDermott as Ernest Ernie West, a pimp based on Scotty Bowers, who runs his business out of a gas station and recruits Jack. Jake Picking is Roy Fitzgerald slash Rock Hudson, you know, uh, the actor fictionalized version of the Golden Age actor and Archie's boyfriend. Jeremy Pope, he has also, you know, been a Broadway favorite. He's playing Archie Coleman, a Black aspiring screenwriter facing prejudice and Roy's boyfriend. Holland Taylor is Ellen Kincaid, a studio exec and mentor for aspiring actors at A Studios. Samara Weaving as Claire Wood, an up-and-coming actress, Camille's rival, and the daughter of Ace and Avis Amber. So this cast is stacked. You even got Jim Parsons from Big Bang Theory playing Henry Wilson, a fictionalized version of the Hollywood talent agent, whose clients include Rock Hudson, of course, and Broadway legend Patti LuPone as Avis Amber, the wife of Ace, who is played by Rob Reiner, who's the head of the studios and former actress. So the show is very entertaining, a lot of heavy hitters and a lot of legendary actors as well, which intrigued me. Episode four I wanted to highlight is that uh, episode where they do screen tests and it was like fabulously chaotic with them doing screen tests, everyone competing with each other to get that coveted role in that movie Meg they're retelling. And it had very uh, uh, flight of fancy type of thing and vivid imagination taking flight. Um, the script and tone is very fast paced. If you know Ryan Murphy's style, he's known for that, you know, kind of like Aaron Sorkin. I liken it to that. It has a everything but the kitchen sink finesse to the show, you know, and from the pilot, you're in for a ride. That's how I was able to binge it and just keep watching to see how it was all going to play out. You know, uh, Queen Latifah is even in that thing. She plays Hattie McDaniel. All in all, I would say if you're interested in a modernized period drama comedy, you should watch this. And if you're not feeling as open-minded in your viewing choices, then I would say swatch it because you kind of got to be in the mood because it's a period type thing. But it's right in between watch or swatch. A couple movie night sessions on FaceTime. I had Taj watch this and she's like, okay. Oh yeah, I was getting into it. Yeah, it was a very interesting uh, production. I think that it aesthetically like looks really nice, and I like I liked all of the themes, all of the motifs, and the world building. I thought I thought it was dope. It it does. It takes a little bit of adjusting because of the type of project that it is. But I think Mm -hmm. you guys, you guys might like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. yeah, kind of a grown-up show in some parts. So, you know, it, it, it's definitely an adult show, but it's enjoyable. <laughs> um, next up, I'm going to talk about Project Power. So good. Oh, this movie. Man. Came out in August 2020, directed by Henry Jost. I hope I'm saying it right. And Ariel Schulman. So I would definitely say to watch this. A uh, former soldier teams up with a cop to find the source behind a dangerous pill that provides temporary superpowers. He got a temporary superpower. Pretty cool, right? Anybody would want that. It got a 60% of Rotten Tomatoes, but 85% of Google users enjoyed it. So, you know, Google is actually very nice. You know, Rotten Tomatoes got that whole Simon Cowell thing going on, I guess. I don't know. Um, So you have a mysterious distributor offers a free supply of power, which is a pill that grants various superpowers for five minutes to a group of drug dealers, one named Newt. 
Six weeks later, Newt's teenage cousin Robin, played by up-and-comer Dominique Fishback from Night Comes On, The Hate You Give, and you can see her in the upcoming Fred Hampton biopic, is a dealer herself. She's nearly robbed by customers seeking the pill. So she's rescued by police officer Frank Schaefer, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, one of her regular buyers. Art, who's played by Jamie Foxx, is hunting for the distributor uh, named Biggie and tracks down Newt, who dies after a struggle when he overdoses on the power pill. Um, and Frank, the cop, you know, foils a bank robbery by a power-enhanced thief, but is suspended for using it himself because um, he uses the pill, and when he does, he gets, like, he becomes bulletproof, you know, which is needed if you're in the line of duty, I guess. Um, his captain, played by Courtney B. Vance, you know, um, your mama didn't want me to tell you, but that's another, <laughs> that's another story. Shout out to the photograph. <laughs> I'm doing this. <laughs> this. <laughs> or I guess we should say he's from, you know, Lovecraft Country because they did him dirty in the photograph. Is that what I said? <laughs> so that's it. Moving on. <laughs> Your mama didn't want me to tell you. <laughs> this man, I'm so upset. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever get over that. Oh, I'll never get over that. The way they did that. So underwhelming. <laughs> like, what the heck? <laughs> like, what? Yeah, just watch. I mean, you watch him in Lovecraft. <laughs> you, you know, it, they're just always doing him dirty. And I feel yeah. like I can't say anything else. Uh, I don't want to give anything away. But just, no. yeah, they need to give my man some better characters, <laughs> some better roles. Because I feel like he just never sees the light of day. So it's so wrong. Anyways, his character reveals that government personnel are pressuring him to terminate any investigation into the pill. And, you know, Frank is on the hunt for the man they suspect is the source who's art, you know, played by Jamie Foxx. So, you know, cat and mouse type of thing with superheroes. I don't want to give too much away because it was absolutely amazing. It's totally enjoyable. You know, you're looking for a good action movie and quarantine can't go to the theater. So you got stuff like The Old Guard. You got stuff like Project Power. So I urge you all to watch this just for the action sequences, Jamie Foxx's epic speech to Dominique about the greatness inside her and the opposition she will face as a black woman, you know, and had that duality there where it's mirroring reality, you know, although at the same time, being a black woman, she is her own superpower. And that's the message of the movie, which I thought was so powerful. And, you know, she also has a dream to be a rapper. So he's encouraging her to follow that. So that's that one. My last movie you know, I don't care that it got 80% of Rotten Tomatoes and 50% of Google users enjoyed it. I hated this movie, y'all. I'm thinking of ending things. Do not watch. Directed by Charlie Kaufman. It's a psychological horror, and it was horrible. That's what I'll say. It was so bad. Oh, my God, this movie was trash. So it dropped Labor Day weekend, September 4th, or as I like to call it, Beyonce's birthday. Um, for those who don't know, now you know. This movie was crazy, had a lot of chaotic elements. Thought the main character was literally half in and half out of her mind, essentially. Um, the film is based on the 2016 novel by the same name. Oh my God, this is a book. Why would you read this? By Ian Reed. <laughs> Ew. Oh my God. This is, oh my God, it's based off a book. <laughs> That's disgusting. Um, She's discovering, y'all. Why would you read this? 
my god the movie was so bad I can't I've never wrote seen that. it's okay. girl it's so bad okay it stars Jesse Plemons Jesse Buckley Tony Collette and David Thewlis I hope I'm saying that right Buckley I did not know that I already had seen her in something before uh, I saw uh, her in this movie I saw on Hulu for Christmas last year called Wild Rose. It's a, like a drama musical. It's really good. It was exceptional. And she was also in the film Judy, which won Renee Zellweger the Oscar for Best Actress. That's also on Hulu. So she was great. She was a great actress. She was really great in those two. But this one, I don't know. It was just, in my opinion, it was horrible. So you have a young woman. She has no name. Her name is a young woman. So it's one of those existential being John Malkovich type movies who contemplates ending her six-week relationship with her boyfriend, Jake, while taking a trip to meet Jake's parents on their farm. So during the drive, Jake attempts to recite a poem he read when he was younger called Ode uh, Imitations of Immortality and pressures the woman into performing one of her works in the car to pass time. After she recites a morbid poem about coming home, they arrive at the farmhouse. So, you know... He tells her these weird stories about maggot-infested pigs. It's very strange. It's very existential. And throughout the drive, there's all these scenes that play in her life. Uh, what she's recounting or recalling, they don't really let you know. I'm not sure. And then the main narrative is intercut with footage of a janitor working at a high school. And then there's scenes where he sees a musical production rehearsal and somebody's dancing in the hallway and then the janitor is like having this mental breakdown and he strips naked and this old man and we see him walk around naked for like 10 minutes. And then <laughs> I guess somehow they uncover that she is Jake. So she's actually Jake, the boyfriend and the boyfriend is the janitor, which is also her. If you're confused, then congratulations. You've reached level 10 of Jumanji. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they're trying to be experimental. I don't know if they're trying to be transcendent. If they were, they were successful because they were so transcendent that they surpassed their own audience. And I guess somebody just wanted to do a personal fashion project and forgot this would be distributed to actual viewers on a platform like Netflix. So sorry to that movie. Sorry. It was bad. That was my thought on that one. You know, I mean... I, you know, let me just do another one just because I don't want to end it on a note of something that I really hated. So I'm going to close with, you know, I'm just going to do it. The Devil All the Time, directed by Antonio Campos. This was really good. So this is psychological thriller, and I feel like it was done right. It was like, I'm thinking of ending things was just not my speed, but I really like this one. So it dropped on September 16th. It was good. It got a 64% on Rotten Tomatoes, but 90% of Google users enjoyed it. And so the movie intertwines the character stories all together. It's like a Gary Marshall movie without joy and laughter. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Um, during World War II, Marine Willard Russell, played by Bill Skarsgård, finds a man skinned and left to die on a cross by the Japanese. So he shoots Miller to end his misery. Haunted by the experience, um, he loses his faith in God. After the war, he goes home to Coal Creek, West Virginia. He passes through Mead, Ohio, where he meets Charlotte, played by Haley Bennett, a waitress. She's a waitress at a diner. So they get married. They move to Knockham Stiff, Ohio. Didn't even know that was a place. But they have a child named Arvin, played by Tom Holland. You know, Spider-Man. In 1950, Helen Hatton, played by Mia Wachowski, who's from Alice in Wonderland, who's a neighbor of Willard's family, marries the disturbingly charismatic evangelical preacher Roy Lafferty, played by Harry Melling. He pours live spiders on his body during his sermons. 
<laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Live spiders. I know. Taj is looking at me like, what the heck? Um, so they have a child named Lenora, played by Eliza Scanlon. And so he's bitten by a spider on his face. He has a severe allergic reaction that affects his grip on reality. Believing he can resurrect the dead, he takes his wife out into the woods, kills her, and then tries to resurrect her, but fails, obviously, because he's not God. So he hitchhikes, gets a ride with a pair of married serial killers, uh, Carl Henderson, played by Jason Clark, and his wife Sandy, played by Riley Keough. Their ritual involves picking up male hitchhikers, encouraging them to have sex with Sandy, while Carl takes photographs and then murders them. So Carl murders Roy by shooting him in the head after he refuses to have sex with Sandy. So now it's 1957. Uh, Charlotte's diagnosed with terminal cancer. Willard believes that if he prays fervently, he can influence God to save her life. He prays and prays and prays, kneeling in front of this cross he made behind his house in the woods. He even kills the family dog as a sacrifice. The little boy's dog, Arvin. So um, his wife dies. He kills himself. And so now Arvin uh, is an orphan, you know, and he lives with his grandma and his uncle in Cold Creek. And then he meets his stepsister, Lenora Russell. And that's his stepsister because, you know, her mother died and then her father also died, but they never found the father. So she's just raised by them. So, of course, he grows up to be Tom Holland. And so the church has this new preacher, Reverend Preston Teagarden, played by Robert Pattinson. And these kids are treated so bad. Lenore and Arvin, they're bullied, you know, they're beat up after school. It's horrible. It's so horrible what happens to them. And, you know, Lenora gets taken advantage of and things like that. Um, this film's insane. And, um, you know, Arvin's a fighter, though, and he does retaliate. And he has to fight everyone, you know, this sadistic, predatory preacher, um, the people that pick on him, dirty cops like the sheriff, played by Sebastian Stan. Check it out if you have it. It's very wild. I feel like with this movie, the general consensus is like people have good intentions, but the devil seems to be involved with each character, whether they're Christian or not. So that's why it's like the devil all the time just seems to rear his head. So those are my films. Watch them. Swatch them. Let me know what you think. Taj, you let me know what yours are. Yeah. Wow. I'm super excited because these three, I feel like, are... I don't know. I feel like they touched me all in different ways. So <laughs> getting started with the first one is actually a film that um, Chelsea put me on to because you know that she puts me on to all the movies. Um, we actually watched it with our homegirl Tabitha. Shout out to Tab. And we actually um, were watching this film earlier during the shelter in place period. So we watched Delivered, which is a super, super exciting film. Um, I believe it's an indie film and um, it explores a very, very interesting subject. And it's this one was directed by Emma Tammy and um, it's called Delivered because the the protagonist is a black woman who is pregnant and she's held captive at a remote house and she's an expected mother. And so she's fighting for her life against a psychopathic woman a white woman who wants her baby and that's just the log line this film is so it's so it keeps you on your toes the plot is like always moving in a way that you don't know where they're gonna go with it and I just appreciated the writing because I feel like it was so in the beginning I felt like it was kind of slow 
Mm-hmm. And it kind of took a little moment to get its momentum. But once we started getting into um, the the mysteriousness of it all and the like eeriness of like, what is this woman going to do? You know, mm-hmm. she, she's in this, this, you know, yoga yeah. for moms and <laughs> sort of in this place where people can study you. And I think it just it just puts you on alert. And I, I love that she casted it the way she, that she did because it just shows the strife that black women go through, especially, mm. especially during um, pregnancy, which, you know, we talk all the time about <clears throat> black yeah. women, and the doctors and stuff like that. And so I really appreciated this story as it continued to move forward. I was definitely like, we were all on the edge of our seats. <laughs> I don't think I'd seen it before. So she was like, yeah, this is about to happen. This is about to happen. And we were just like, what the heck? So it was very, very eerie. And I think that the ending could have went a a way that would have been disappointing. And I'm so glad that she didn't go that way because that would have just been like, wow. Now along the way, it's gory. It's a a little much. But I really appreciated the film um, so much. So, so, so much. Um, And I don't know. Do you know when it came out? It doesn't really say when it came out. I thought it came out in 2019. I thought it did. I feel like it did. I'm not sure though. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, but it's on, it's on, um, oh, it's about to play. Uh, It's on Hulu. um, And yeah. um, super excited that it's on there because y'all can go watch it yeah. and experience what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> Natalie Paul and um, Tina Majorino. Um, and so I feel like they did a fantabulous job starring in this. Um, you guys should definitely, definitely watch it. Um, it's actually called Into the Dark Delivered. Um, and so they um, they really just did such a, a wonderful job with this. And I believe they're actually, I think they're turning it into a series, it looks like. Um, hmm. Or maybe I'm wrong. Um, it just says a who, who, who are, actually, I think it's just a part of their their horror series. Um, but oh, okay. Definitely, definitely <clears throat> watch yeah. this um, and see, get a peek into the life of this this pregnant woman as she navigates trying to escape from the hold of this very um, psychotic woman yeah. who's trying to keep keep her grasp on her. So definitely yeah. did a wonderful job with the with the the darkness of it all and everything like that. And I believe um I, I believe that it's a a Bloomhouse original. Actually, Bloomhouse. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm reading so many different articles. I'm getting everybody's words mixed up. But you guys should still watch it regardless. Um, it got a 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb. But I liked it. So I would say watch, not swatch. But yeah, um, feel free to look at it on Hulu. It's there for your enjoyment. I'm so glad that Chels <laughs> showed us this movie. This is very, <laughs> I liked very, watching, watching y'all's faces when you freaked out. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're just screaming and we're all watching <laughs> you know some, some of it is delayed so it's kind of like what the heck is it's like oh yep she's responding to that part she's responding to that part so it's just funny um but yes definitely go watch that on hulu actually all of my films are on hulu um now for men in black international um i finally got a chance to see this film a while back um and uh it came out in 2019 and so this is the the newest men in black um to the 
to the whole um, Men in Black um, series of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's directed by F. Gary Gray. Love that man. Uh, very known director for a lot of um, Black-led films. And uh, you guys, $110 million budget. Twenty um wow. twenty wow two hundred fifty three point nine million at the box office, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um and um yeah, this is put on by Sony Pictures Animation, Columbia Pictures, Image Nation, Amblin Entertainment. I feel like they went away that I wasn't expecting. Um, yeah. and so if you're not familiar, this Men in Black movie stars um, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson. Um, and Tessa Thompson stars as Molly, or otherwise known as Agent M, and Chris Hemsworth is known as Agent H. And so um, now that they've you know expanded Men in Black to cover the globe, they um, the villains of the universe also have spread <laughs> that far. So <laughs> keep everyone safe, Agent um, H, and the determined r- rookie who is um, it soon becomes um, Agent M. So rookie M, they join forces. Um, it's an unlikely pairing, but it just might work. Um, having this, you know, woman being in this leading role. And so when the aliens that can take form of any human arrive on earth, which is super scary, H and M embark on a globe trotting adventure. We love that phrase to save the agency and ultimately the world from their mischievous plans. I feel like they did. I feel like they did a good job. Yeah. I don't think that it replaces, obviously, you're not going to at all <laughs> replace the work from the pioneers. Will like Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, you're you just can't not, recreate Men in Black like that. You can't recreate no, Men no, no, in no. Black from the original. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like the work that Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones did was so unique it's so, so funny. <laughs> oh my so god. Funny. It's so <laughs> enjoyable. That. Yeah. And I think like you just can't you can't I think it's just an addition and I think people have to realize that with like sequels or like with the whole movie franchise. Yeah. It's just an addition. It's like a you know, mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Like mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes we don't want to see that many movies, but it's kind of just like it's just an addition. So it was kind of like then, too, like um, I like them together, their camaraderie, and then and uh, Thor Ragnarok. So yeah. you know them teaming up was just like, oh, look at them do this type of thing. Yeah, and, and then, then Lisa and everybody. Yeah. I feel like I feel like you know, and then they had the lead twins. <laughs> um, <laughs> they were in that thing as well, which was a treat because I love seeing <laughs> them in movies. Yeah. Um, and incorporating yeah. the dancing, I thought that was super fun. I feel like it was just fun, and to you know that I think they went about it and like, okay, let's do another movie that that has you know, it's a a, a woman you know in the leading role, and I think mm-hmm. that people thought that they were gonna push the the feminism thing, but I don't think that they pushed it in a way that was overbearing at all. For me personally, I don't mm-hmm. think that it was like too much. So I'm really excited about this movie. Um, yeah, 2019 was long. I forgot that came out last year. Yeah. <laughs> it's 2020. Yeah. so long. I can't remember time. Yeah. Um. It's been a while. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people talk about the title. I, I always thought about that. I was like, wait, it's starring our, our good sis, Tessa Thompson, but they're still going to call it Men in Black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Tessa Thompson did an interview with Hollywood Reporter on the Men in Black line. And she said she's okay with it for now. And so basically she was saying she tried to pitch other names like humans in black or people in black. Uh, um, 
they just weren't sticking and weren't sounding correct. So they just kind of went along with this Men in Black um, International. So they just kept the Men in Black title for the franchise, which I totally understand that. Um, Yeah, that makes sense. Because Humans in Black, I mean, that could be us. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's kind of just like, yeah. So, and then she was like, HIV sounds like something you don't want to get. And so it was like, you know what? She's like, I think we need to change this name at some point, but, you know, it takes a while to see change. And she's like, you know, I'm recognizing that this is a process type of thing. And she's saying, I hope that these films, mm-hmm. um, you know, where women star, you know, I think they'll help us get there. So, yeah, um, but I, I don't think you need to change it because it's like Men in Black. We all know what it is. It's like, don't right. change the name anyway. Will Smith. I mean, they didn't change the name for Ghostbusters. They just had women or Oceans 8. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think just, just making you know, yeah. w- making a more women-centric franchise to uh-huh. where it's, you can, um, a more women-centric franchise to where you are having those women star, um, yeah. the, making the title maybe a little bit more reminiscent of that. If that's what the, the tone is, then that would be, that would be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely you guys can watch it on Hulu um, I think it did really well. It came, uh, this was um, June of of 2019, so it it did a 38 percent on Metacritic, 23 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Forget y'all. Um, <laughs> I say, oh, watch. they I throw that movie fun. up. Okay. I think it was fun. I don't know if people are just haters just because there was a woman starring in it, <laughs> but I feel like the film itself, like yeah, plot wise, I mean, I feel like it was just another Men in Black movie, and I think that. I think it was fine. And I think yeah. it was fun. So for yeah. me, once again, I'm with the Google users as always. 74% liked it. <laughs> this last one, I'm saying just watch. Because, <laughs> and I, I love these actors so much. And I feel so rude. But I feel like we've seen this movie Mm. so many times and i'm talking about the intruder that came out last year um that's uh actually starring megan good michael <laughs> e. yeah, quaid so yeah um <laughs> i'm saying to watch it because i mean i feel like i liked it that was so mad when my mom made me rent that for her she on the box I was like, please don't make me rent this. I was like, really? I saw the trailer. And it was like, because I was mad after I got it because I had a feeling. I didn't see the trailer. I mean, I saw the trailer, but like sitting down actually watching the movie, I was like, okay, this is Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, okay. For me, Mm. so the the plot centers... um, (laughs) Yeah, Michael Ely and Megan um, star as a uh, married couple, um, and they they just got married. So Scott and Annie Russell, they mm-hmm. couldn't be happier buying their dream home from a mysterious and lonely widower. Napa Valley, California. So their newfound paradise soon turns into a living nightmare when Charlie, still strangely attached to the house, begins to show up and interfere with their daily lives. When his erratic behavior turns to obsession, the young couple soon find themselves caught up in a violent confrontation that threatens to destroy everything they hold dear. I feel like they did an okay job for what it was. Um, I think that the, I think the unique part was just about him having an attachment to the house. Mm. Um, I think that was a unique touch. 
um, yeah. in terms of him intruding in that way. And then the backstory of, um, of um, just him and his attachment to the house and everything like that. Um, I, I do, um, I do think that, you know, I think it was strong as also another uh, black male director, Deion Taylor, shout out to Deion Taylor. He's amazing. Um, also directed Meet the Blacks in, in Black and Blue. Um, but mm, Black and Blue, I, that was good. Yeah, I yeah. think, I mean, I think that they did okay for what it was. Would I watch it again? No. When I was watching <laughs> it, it felt longer than what it was because I felt like they just dragged so many scenes on. Yeah. Um, and also when I was watching it, I don't know if they did this on purpose and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but the this, the cinematic quality of it, the resolution wasn't like, wasn't what how we watch today where it's very crisp and clear, uh-huh. where everything seems like it's in focus and all that type of stuff. It seemed very, something seemed off when I was watching it. I don't know if that was just my TV or whatever, but when I was watching this particular film, it was just off. Um, mm-hmm. But I think... I mean, acting-wise, I think everybody did a great job. I mean, he was definitely creepy, and it, it did creep me out. <laughs> I think it was another project to have under their belts. I was surprised to see them doing this in 2019, though. I was like, y'all are coming out with this star, Michael Ely and Megan Good. And I was like, okay. I was mm-hmm. like, this is, this is the 2019 film? We we couldn't come up with anything else? No? Okay. No. Because yeah. how many Intruder movies do we have? And then, you know, that's yeah. all Michael he does i mean obviously he's on the good guy side of this movie but mm-hmm. you know with all his roster and everything like that but i mean you know i think it was okay i personally would swatch it the people on rotten tomatoes would agree 34 percent on rotten tomatoes <laughs> and 39 percent on Metacritic. 5.6 out of 10 on imdb but google users staying strong at 80 percent i mean hmm. it did 41 um 41 million at the box office i feel like it was just another Similar to um, the other movie um, that came out um, earlier. Is it Breaking um, In with Gabrielle Union? No, not oh, Breaking In, that movie too. But Fatal Affair, I feel like it was, oh, okay. like, I feel like it was just another movie with big names attached to it. And I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, just to have something out. So, I mean, y- y'all can watch it if you want to. Um, I don't think you have to. You don't have to. It was yeah. interesting, you know. But it's not like you haven't seen a movie like it before, so it's kind of yeah. just like. Eh. But um, watch it if you if you please. It is also on on Hulu as well. These are all on Hulu, so those are my films. Um, appreciate y'all. Um, let me know what you think. Watch which ones would you watch and which ones would you swatch? Yes, let us know, please, because I'm thinking of ending things. Convince me that it's not as horrible as I think it is, because I thought it was. Please. I said, I'm thinking of ending things with my streaming relationship with Netflix, oh putting bad movies out here suggesting this stuff to me. Anyway. <laughs> disrespectful. It's so disrespectful. The disrespect. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week for our Matrix Christmas special. Yes. Boop, boop, boop. I'm excited. We will be talking about Christmas movies that we enjoyed and what we're looking forward to seeing. So feel free to follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Shea Butter Pop, on Instagram at Shea Butter Popcorn, or follow us individually. Follow me at Chelsea J Music on Twitter or Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at Tajiana Lukachuku or on Twitter at Tajiana Tweets. Yes, all one word, all lowercase. 
Let us know what you thought, y'all. Share Let us know. Watch like us watch. Us. Share. Share. Comment. Comment. Subscribe. Subscribe, you guys. Push that bell that is not there. Woo! <laughs> That's okay. okay. You guys know we. You guys know y'all here every Friday. You know, <laughs> you know by now. You're here every Friday. Next week is our finale, you guys. Yes. Can't Thank believe you. it. I know. Wow. Tune in. So fun. So fun. All right. See y'all next week. Alrighty. Bye.